Sundays. Jesus to say, fairness, <laughs> equity, and right relationship with all things in the cosmos. We are God's workmanship, God's own masterwork. The masterwork of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which God set so that we could walk in them. Living the good life which God prearranged and made ready for us. In Christ, we are dead to sin. Our relation to it is broken. And alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with God. We are chosen by God who called us out of the darkness of sin. My disillusioned life of not knowing who I am in God is forever dead. And translated us into the light of life of Christ. <laughs> Just a few more. Just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have makes me happy. All the parts of me, say all the parts of me. All the parts of me. Are holy and without blame before God in love. I have a peace of God that surpasses all my own understanding. The very peace that God has, say I have. The very peace that God has, I have. I am merciful. I do not judge myself or others, and I forgive myself and others quickly as I do this by God's grace. My life is blessing becomes a blessing. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. I am alive in Christ. I am free from the law of sin and death. With the Spirit of God, I am far from oppression and will not live in fear. I am complete in God in whom I heal.
the children's ministry. And that is that I've been in ministry since 1994. And I was a part of one ministry for 10 years, a part of another ministry for 10 years. And I'm not saying this because I helped build my mom's church. I'm saying this because it's the truth. This house has the best children's ministry I have ever been a part of. And it's because we have someone doing it that is called and has a heart for our children and has a heart to see other people answer their call and help our children grow and grow in God and who they are in Christ. And so I'm incredibly grateful. Thank you. Thanks, April.
want you to. You want to click the heart? Okay, come on, you can click it. I put it on right here, so you just click this button right here. Right here. Look, a heart came up right there. Okay, we gotta go now. Go with Mama. Oh, good. I tried to pause that, but I think I missed it. Thank you. Are we doing, what do you, just pick a song for communion too? Okay, I'll find one. I'm going to take this out though.
going through a tough time. Chapter 5, verse 13. If anyone is going through a tough time, let that one worship. Um, and then if you thought there wasn't a time, this is the next one. The let, next line said, and when times are good, let that one worship. So if anyone is going through a tough time, let that one worship. If your times are good, let that one sing praises. Don't take your lead from your negative or your positive circumstances. If you feel too weak to worship, find encouragement in the care of those who are mature in their faith. Thank you. 
culture of blessing. That's what we've been on. Uh, so a series of blessing. Um, blessing and not cursing. Hallelujah. The culture of blessing, we've been talking about how that the Lord has translated us out of uh, darkness and out of the state of curse and into the state of blessing. And there's all kinds of logistical theology that could stack that up into a really nice argument about how we are living in the blessing and not in the uh, and not in the curse. Um, going back to okay, Adam and Eve and this idea that we're cursed to women and all this other hogwash is hogwash. Yeah. All this other stuff about being cursed through ham, this, that, and the other. None of that is uh, relevant for today. If you know anything about those things and why we believe that certain subgroups are cursed and certain groups are blessed. Um, all those things were started in, back in you know, scriptures. Um, if you did believe that those were ever a thing, well, then Jesus reversed that. Um, in Jesus, in the new creation, um, if in all, in, if in Adam all died, if you're tracking with me on specific scriptures, then in Christ all are made alive. And it's without condition. So within Adam all are made to die then in Christ all are made alive or made um, in the light or made another way to say it would be to be in, in the blessing. You're doing like an old school praying, praying mama, what's going on? Because uh -huh. I don't want to miss it. I mean, if God's like right here, let's do this. Uh -huh. I don't ever want to miss it. Do you see something? <laughs> You just you just over here praying like Hannah. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I would just like for the Lord to come in and crash in on us. That would I think just like one moment in the presence of God would do more for us than a thousand words of eloquence. Um, okay, so I'm just thankful that that could be a thing. And Caden is looking especially cute this morning. Caden is looking cute. He had a praise and worship party. So whatever we've done to curse ourselves 
in the earth, like that, let's say the, the person that came through Adam, as we like to think of it as, those things then are reversed. In the river of God, the curse is reversed. Okay, in Jesus, in Christ, the curse that you may bring upon yourself because of the stupid things that we all do. Um, we like to say, I've made my bed in it, I've got a lie in it, right? I've made my bed, or we talk about our friends, they've made their bed, they've got a lie in it. Never once did Jesus say anything like that. If you find yourself wanting to cast judgment or throw shade on folks that are you think are living wrong and deserve what they have coming to them, please refrain from that. This isn't the Lord, it isn't the gospel, it isn't the way of, of salvation, it isn't the way of light. Consequences are natural, but the way of blessing is a culture and a climate in which everything that happens to you, all things end up working out for your good. That's just how this works. It's rigged in your favor. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, makes one rich, and adds no sorrow with it. It's a scripture. And now, rich is interesting, and like I said, you know, it makes you fat or sad or full of sad, full of anointing, full of a presence, but also um, very literally, quite literally, it's also, it really does mean, those words do mean this, um, that it's rich in stuff, rich in goods. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, the way of the, the way of benevolence, the way of blessing is also to be blessed with stuff. Um, do you ever notice that we don't call personal items bads? <laughs> They're goods. So get over any religious silliness that might say, I need to bow, bow, you know, bow, whatever that kind of thing is. Now those are personal preferences. Minimalism or whatever the case is, those are personal preferences. But if you have a tendency to want to have a roof over your head and cold air blowing in 105 degree heat, those are good things. We should want those for people. We should want them to be blessed. You know, and, and we say blessed like that, but that doesn't mean that folks that don't have room and air conditioner aren't blessed, okay? We don't need to be this silly about how we strike the chord and, and where we're going to delineate who's blessed and okay and who's not. Um, but there is a blessing culture that I've been trying to promote into this house. To help you wake up to an awareness that you are already blessed in Christ with all spiritual blessings. And it's a lifetime of adventure to tap into those things that have already been established for you in Christ. They see it with me. 
Good enough.
has a worldview that you are, are fundamentally bad. Fundamentally, that's your baseline. Unworthy, sinner, wretched, bad.
Hannah was not the best teacher. He's not the best teacher of, of the right kind of discerning of the word. Because, honey, you get what you're looking for. And you get what you're looking for. That's right. You can read the same texts, and if you're looking for a way to oppress, control, manipulate, and conjure you, a way to drive a group of people, you're going to lift up that side of the prism of the scriptures that's going to serve that agenda. That's right. right? It's going to serve that agenda. That's what the crazy thing is about the scriptures, is you're going to see what you're looking for. That's right. And it's not, we're not seeing the full picture of the whole identity of God and, and who we are as image bearers. Come on. If we aren't in um, d d rightly rightly dividing the word of truth. I was speaking, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. I spent some time with a woman who's been meeting with me, um, who doesn't attend our church, who was um, recommended to me by her therapist, and that happens a lot, evidently. And uh, <laughs> go talk to Bonnie, this one, she'll help you, it's fine, she'll be, you'll be fine. Um, and so I was my second meeting with her, uh, Kingdom Hall, Kingdom Hall Jehovah's Witness, born into the Kingdom Hall. Um, all of her friends are in the Kingdom Hall. She met her husband in the Kingdom Hall, grew up with him, married him. She's now in her mid-20s and is really having an issue with the conditional love that the Am I saying it right? A, a conditional love that the Kingdom Hall is, is promoting. And within her guts, she feels like there's more. There's more. And so she's meeting with me. Tears. I mean, we have to have a Kleenex box because it's just, it's just weeping, weeping, weeping. Because she feels desperately that if she stays there, that she's going to die. Their life, I mean, not, not literally, but that whole chunk of her soul is going to extinguish if she stays in the situation that she's in. But she cannot, for the life of her, unhook.
but you certainly are going to lose a lot by losing one's community, one's family, friends, spouse, belief system. Now they go out and they say, hold it, now you've got this mindset. Anybody else want to add anything?
I mean, this is what the last eight years of my life has been, is unbuttoning myself from that um, myth. And by myth, I mean little things. I mean that it is always, always unfolding the mystery for ourselves, because inside of a myth, there are terribly always ever-evolving truths. But I also know that it's not necessarily that it's just that. But the myth that I'm talking about is this myth of original sin, the myth of being cursed. That kind of myth that is a book that will flood your life. That runs your, the way you feel about yourself and the way you feel about others. That's right. It runs our lives. That's right. And I'm submitting today that we need a new myth. Yeah. We need a new story. We need this blessing culture to permeate every part of our soul until we know within our bones that we are the blessed, beloved of the Lord. And until we internalize that, and internalize that our bodies are not the obstacle, and our body's desires are not the obstacle to our faith, That's right. but instead they are necessary for our faith. Come on. Your body is not an afterthought. God forever placed dignity upon your body when God became flesh. Yeah. It puts dignity and inherent worth on all humanity when God became inside of the human condition. It places dignity upon you. It was the only way that you could see your image, your worth. It was not and never was intended to save you from an angry God. Was to show you that you're an image bearer, to give inherent dignity and worth to the human condition. Your body and your body's desires are not an obstacle or a wedge between you and God. It is time that we understand that our bodies are created by God, designed with desires, designed with the right um, construction to be a conduit with God, a vessel, a temple, the very thing that God needs to do God's stuff. So that I can't just be all 
resurrection. Whoever you thought you were before, in Christ you are a brand new person. The old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over. Acquaint yourself with the new. It is imperative that we separate ourselves from the idea of being separate from God as a sinner saved by grace. I want to challenge that, that nomenclature. I want to challenge that mindset. And it's not that I, because I really hear all of us saying it's painful to live with that kind of foundational unworthiness. It affects everything around you. And now that you understand, and we'll keep going into this, that you are in Christ, tattoos, piercings, multiple marriages, affairs, pornography, drug addiction, fetishes that you wouldn't want anybody to know about, all belong in Christ. Yeah. You are not the worst thing that has ever happened to you or that you have ever done by your own estimation. Everything that you have ever done has been in Christ. This whole mindset of blessing, you have got to think about it as if you are in the womb of God. There's no getting out of that. You are in God. In Christ. Christ showed us that. In so everything you've ever done is in Christ, is in that place. I just sit there that, and I want somebody to help Gabriel know that we're, we're trying to lay a really complicated plane. <laughs> this is going to take some time, isn't it? Because if you, if
I know that you've got all these hang-ups, and I know that you may want to just dedicate yourself in some certain ways, but this is no reason for you to have to go and confess your sins. That scripture in James 5, it says confess to one another that you may be healed. Confess what? Confess God's opinion about you. When I come to you brokenhearted and despondent, I want you to say, yeah, I see you and I hear you. I know that you're through this and you're blessed and beloved. The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. No matter if you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. The Lord is with you. No matter what you've done to get yourself in this predicament, man, that has been in health issues and so on. We blame ourselves for those things, don't we? We blame ourselves. But why? Where's that come from? That condition of original person, and original sin. Well, everything that happens is my fault. You remember to receive healing mercies and graces if you live in that condition. The whole reason that the Lord has healing mercies in that scripture for the mercies plural is it's because it's something that you can't do. We never, we never deserve to be healed. What, what, we eat like crap, we do all this stuff, we got, by all means, if we were to count, none of us deserve it. Right? But that's 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 counting our original sin. It's counting on separateness. The mercy and the beloved place that you are in Christ already are yours. You are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are Christ. So let us be in fellowship with one another. Reminding one another. Thank you. 
Yes. Wondering if you're going to die for taking it because you're not right. No, I just like felt like people judging me being like, I don't know why she's going up there because of this and this. I never thought God was ever going to be mad at me. Right. That's good. Yeah. I've never been, I've never had a bad blood with God. For you? Yeah. Should I not say this right? I feel blessed by it. Maybe 5% more of you could be 